Welcome to The Gathering, a time for reflection, revival, and resistance. I'm Jonathan Wilson Hartgrove, co-host of this program with the Reverend Dr. William J. Barber II. Last year, as attacks on the poor and marginalized in our communities increased, we started The Gathering to create a space where we can hear regularly from the people most impacted across this country. Their prophetic hope and courage in a time of moral crisis inspired the theme of our special gathering watch night service this past New Year's Eve. As we joined with 32 state-based coordinating committees to organize the Poor People's Campaign, a national call for moral revival, we gathered together in North Carolina for a night to light the spark for collective action in 2018. We've split up that live program into three special episodes for the podcast which will feature political analysis, moral articulation, movement music, and interviews with community organizers and impacted people who are calling us to action. Thank you for joining us. It's time for a moral revolution of values. I'm grateful to be among this number this evening and to present to you a Gideon who is ready to bring a calculus for courage and a strategy for hope to this nation. And I, without any further ado, want to bring him up to this pulpit and invite him to bring us a word to take us into 2018. A Gideon for this movement, the Reverend Dr. William J. Barber II. A Gideon, huh? Wow. And so here we are. And here we shall stand. Lord God, our mind, our feet, our heart, and our hands. Amen. Tonight, there's a reason why you have heard these stories from the Bible and connected to our times. Because first thing, we want people to know what we face is not new. That we join a long line of those who have had to, down through the years, Reverend Johnson, stand and trust love greater than hate and justice greater than injustice. If we were in a traditional watch night service, I would be standing now at about quarter to 12. And we call it preaching the old year out and preaching the new year in. Tonight, I have deliberately worn two things. One is when I was consecrated, I was told, given a piece um, as a part of the vestment that is not just about playing dress up, but it's called the prophetic vest. It is the vest that you wear, and by wearing it you say that you're willing to speak truth to power and love to hate in the name of God and in the name of all that is holy and spiritual. I also wore a cross tonight because the cross reminds me that anytime you stand up for right, there will be suffering, there will be dark Fridays, but there will also be resurrection moments. And I wore a purple, because for me purple in, in that is not about royalty. But purple is to remind me that that Palestinian Jew that I follow named Jesus, when the systems thought 
that they were destroying him, they mocked him by dressing him in purple. And so purple, in a sense, becomes a symbol that there comes a time that if necessary, we must be willing to suffer for something greater than ourselves. Tonight, I want to simply ask a question, Dave. To those of you here, to those of you that are going to help make the thousand that Joyce needs to organize out of the nine million people here in North Carolina. And you're right, Jonathan, we just need 25,000. That's why we're out of 355 million to get in. We're going to need a couple of hundred of you all to meet us that first day on, on the Monday after Mother's Day and watch these three from North Carolina specifically. We'll be talking about that. But I want tonight, Dr. Spearman and Nancy, to talk about and raise this question, when the wolves are howling, what will we do? When the wolves are howling, what will we do? And Nancy said something that when you talk about hope, you can't be giddy and simple and shallow. You know, it's not optimism. Hope is something much deeper. You have to have a hope that looks despair in its face, that recognizes all of the, the possibilities for hope not only to be denied, but in some ways destroyed. There's a scripture in the book of Ezekiel, the 22nd chapter. There are two I want to look at, 22nd, 37, but 22nd, that actually says this. It says, your priests violate my law. They can't tell the difference between the sacred and the secular. Then it says, and it's been amazing to me, Dr. Spearman, how sometimes I'm reading these ancient texts and they sound so contemporary in terms of the anal analyzation of what's happening now. Listen, listen to this text. This was written 2,600 years ago. Listen, your politicians are like wolves. Listen, prowling and killing and taking whatever they want. They hurt the poor, rob the widows, and hurt the children. The poor and the needy are abused, and the immigrants are kicked around with no access for justice. They participate in extortion. And your preachers are covering up for the politicians. That's why I tell some of my atheist friends, you still ought to read this book every now and then. It's some good stuff. Some good stuff. Even if you're just going to read it as literature, you ought to read it. Now, I read it as a book of faith, but you ought to read it. Your politicians are like wolves, taking whatever they want. And your preachers cover up for them by pretending to have received God's instructions. Then it says, I look for somebody to stand up 
for what was right against all of this and to repair the city and to repair the places designed to defend the poor and defend the hurting. I look for somebody to stand in the gap that was being caused by all of the injustices. I looked for somebody to protect the country from the wolves so I wouldn't have to destroy it. When the wolves are howling, what do we do? My former General Minister and President Sharon Watkins, who led the Christian Church Disciples of Christ, was giving the privilege of preaching the inaugural sermon for President Barack Obama. And she's a dear friend of mine. I just talked to her yesterday. And in some ways, to be quite honest, I wish President Obama had gone back and listened to that sermon over and over again. Because while I love him and love what the work he did, there were some places, like drone strikes, like not nominating an African American for the Supreme Court, like allowing them to call the Affordable Care Act Obamacare, like not coming down south and meeting with poor whites and showing them how the Affordable Care Act was helping them. There are a lot of things. Well, I don't know all the reasons for playing it some safe sometime, and I'm not being a, 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 a Monday morning quarterback, but I wish every now and then and I, he would have gone back and his whole staff and would have remembered what Sharon Watkins said on that day. She told a Cherokee story, and she said one evening a grandfather was teaching his young grandson about the internal battle that each of us face. The grandfather said, there are two wolves struggling inside of each of us. Two of them. One wolf is vengeful, angry, resentful, full of self-pity, fear, and is destructive. And filled with a kind of rabies. The other wolf is compassionate, faithfulness, hope, faithful, full of hope, truth, and love. The grandson then asked his Cherokee grandfather, which wolf wins? And the grandfather said, the one you feed is the one that will live and the one that will win. In the Bible, in the Old Testament, there are also a presentation of two kinds of wolves. Now in Isaiah 11, verse 6, the wolf is presented as a wolf that lays down with the lamb. In fact, he goes on to talk about a leopard that will lay down with the goat and a lion that will lay down with the calf and the yielding together. And that this wolf has been so tamed and that the wolf becomes a protector because a little child can lead it. That's Isaiah 11. But in Ezekiel, the other wolf, the other wolf is presented. This wolf is destructive and devouring 
and mean and doesn't care and is arrogant. And in Ezekiel, the people have chosen to feed the wrong wolf. I'm afraid that America once again has chosen to feed the wrong wolf. It ain't the first time. Don't let anybody say to you, we've never seen anything like this before. To say that is to misread all of American history. And don't ever let folk think, make you think it's just Trump. Trump might not even be the wolf. He might be the, the, the rabies infecting the wolf. But the wolf is something that's gone wrong in the American spirit that we could hear lies and hear racism and hear xenophobia and hear hatred and still vote for it by 60 million votes. There's a wolf. There's a wolf. And I'm afraid that we fed the wrong wolf. Ezekiel said that people become like wolves, politicians become like wolves when they devour widows and hurt the poor and destroy the immigrants and push down the least of these. Wolves, when politicians become like wolves, they give tax cuts to the wealthy and bail out corporate cook, crooks, and then make the poor and the working poor pay for their greed. That's not acting like a human being. The scripture says that's taking on the characteristics of a wolf. And politicians make sure they get health care. Free health care, by the way. Paid for by the tax dollars. Just because they got elected but then they fight and refuse to give health care to the poor and the working poor who need it. And they let people die because of it and know they're dying. Then the Bible says, not William Barber, the Bible says they become like wolves, wolves. According to the scriptures, the politicians are like wolves when they would rather fund the war and the military industrial complex than to support the ways of peace and to stand up and help the poor. According to the scriptures, whenever we, when, when leaders make those kinds of decisions, they have lost something of their humanity and have become like wolves. And when religion is used to uphold it, support it, consecrated, then the religion becomes the religion of wolves and wolf enablers. This is tough language. This is tough language. And I'm afraid the wolves are howling. When, when politicians are more focused on pain than healing, more focused on guns than getting guns, how much more blood do the wolves need? Wasn't 26 first graders enough? Nine in Mother Emmanuel, over 50 in Las Vegas, 300 injured, but wolves, when they are 
infected have a thirst only for destruction. Mm. What, what happens when, when politicians will support bad police who kill unarmed black men and women and children and do it right out in public and make it so that a 20-year-old daughter dies of stress because she has simply tried for the last few years to fight for justice for her father who was choked to death on TV. When politicians who come from immigrant backgrounds then seek to destroy immigrants and want to go in houses at night and snatch women and children and daddies from those houses and deport them rather than change the laws when, they, when the politicians will support laws that if the laws were in place when their own great-grandmama tried to come here, she wouldn't have gotten in. The wolves are howling. Politicians are like wolves when they devour voting rights. They come through the blood and the sweat and the tears of black men and white men and women and children. Politicians are like wolves when they won't even pass a bill to secure children's health. In the middle of the Christmas season. Because when a wolf is hungry, the wolf doesn't care. Wolves are howling when we are seeing folk that want to put more money in private prisons than in, in programs to rehabilitate people. And now we have more black men behind bars than were enslaved in 1850. The wolves are howling. And, and Ezekiel, God says, I'm, I'm trying to have a new year. I need somebody that'll step in the gap. Now, I didn't read the last part of that because I didn't know if y'all could handle it because the last part of that is really a downer. It says, and I could find no one. That's exactly what Ezekiel 22 says. I looked for somebody that would stand in the gap and take on the wolves so that I would not have to destroy the nation and I could find Maybe one of the reasons he couldn't find anyone was because the false preachers Jesus. had blessed the wolves. And the moral narrative was so messed up that people no longer knew a wolf when they saw it. But this text says something. The greatest sin in the Bible is when you use public power to create public harm especially on the least of these. I, I know some of my progressive friends don't like this word, but that's what sin is. You know, there's this other stuff that folk want to beat up on people because they love somebody saying, when you use the systems of this world in inhumane ways, when you become so brutal in your policies 
that you can no that the that the pain that your policies produce can no longer be described in human terms. You have to go to the animal kingdom in order to be, give a description of what your actions look like. That is the greatest sin. And it doesn't matter who the legislature is. It doesn't matter who the president is. It doesn't matter what the party is. When you use public power to produce harm in the lives of people, it's sin. And let me tell you, when you know when a wolf with rabies bites you, you get infected too. And you start acting like a wolf. And I have a word for my Democratic friend, Democrat party friend. If all you talk about is the middle class, you've been bitten by the wolf. I'm so tired of hearing Democrats, all they want to talk about is the middle class and the working class. This bill, this tax reform bill, they, didn't, they wouldn't say a word about how it was going to hurt the poor. That bill is racist, that bill is classist, and it should be talked about. And if we don't talk about it, whoever you are, in the full term, do you know that we've not seen that kind of transfer of money on the backs of poor folk since slavery? You got to go all the way back to the amount of money that was transferred from slaves to white slave owners to, to match the trillions of dollars that are being robbed today. And I say to Democrats or independents, if you keep only talking about the middle class, then you sound like a small wolf. You do not sound like a deliverer. And it's a shame whenever we are so afraid of the wolf or so bitten by the wolf that we almost want to play and be a little wolf just to get along and get by. No, no. When people use power to hurt women and children and the sick. It is, the Bible says, your politicians have become like wolves. And when the wolves are howling, somebody must with moral authority stand in the gap between the wolf and their victims. back up the wolf and be willing to speak inconvenient truths in the midst of all the noise of oppression and the howling in the midst of all the popular propaganda justifying injustice in the midst of the gloating and the bragging by those committed to the politics of greed and exploitation in the midst of the formulas of religious construction that are nothing more than modern day heresy that tries to consecrate man's inhumanity to man when oppressive forces think they have won and have all the political power God says can I find somebody? Doesn't even say, can I find a whole nation? Doesn't even say, can I find a whole church? Doesn't even say, can I find every member of the NAACP? God says, can I just find somebody? And so, 
somebody has to raise a voice against the wolf, against the oppression, against the hate. And David, chapter 23, God couldn't find nobody. The wolf was howling. Chapter 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37. Hmm. It was 18 chapters before God found somebody. It was 2018. It was in the 18th division. <laughs> 18 plus 22, it was, huh, huh? Lord have mercy, huh? It was, it was somewhere over there. And, 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 and excuse me, in the, in, yeah, in the 15th, 15th. And then for the next three or four chapters, God finds him, and, and it, was, it was Ezekiel. He said, you are the one that, that, that's called to stand in the gap and challenge this wolf. Touch your, turn to your neighbor and say, you. Yeah. And God tells Ezekiel that um, you must speak because, see, there's some dry bones laying around. And, and some of them have probably been devoured by the wolf. And, and the text says, the text says, listen, in the message Bible, it says, God grabbed me. Anybody really in a movement ain't any because they really want to be. You in it because God grabs you. <laughs> somebody told me once, they said, Reverend Baba, you just like the camera. I said, what the hell is wrong with you? Why would somebody like the camera and every time you go on the camera, folk want to kill you and folk write all kind of crazy stuff against you? No, no. There are risks to standing up to power. Don't, don't make the mis mistake. This current regime that we have in, the major advisors are generals and, and military specialists. They are not playing. And you all you have to do is know enough about history to know that when you stand up to brutal power, when you stand up to wolves, wolves bite. But when God grabs you, text says God grabbed me and took me down. In the middle of an open valley, there were bones all around. And God led me around the bones, let me look at them and all of their ugliness and all of their pain. They had been bleached by the sun. And then God said to me, son of man. In other words, that's all you are. You're just a man. But I need to talk to you, man. Son of man, can these bones live? And, and, and Ezekiel didn't give some, some simplistic, weak, uh, neophyte answer. Yeah, they can live. Hallelujah, let's go. He said, I don't know. Man said, I don't know. I don't know. When people can put $10 billion in elections, I don't know sometimes. No. When they got all kinds of ways to get rid of you if they want to. I don't know. When you would think 50 years.
years after the civil rights movement, we wouldn't be repeating this. And here we are again, I don't know. But that's the right answer. Because when you don't know, God knows you ain't trusting in yourself. I wish I had a witness here. And so God says, Ezekiel, let me read. He says, he says, go down and start preaching to the bones. Just tell the dry bones, listen to God. And, 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 and talk to the dry bones and watch what I do. If you'll talk to them, I'll bring breath and life to the bones. I'll bring muscle and power to the bones. The bones will come alive. So Ezekiel said, all right, I'm going to New Mexico and preach to the bones. I'm going to El Paso, Texas and preach to the bones. I'm going to Detroit and preach to the bones. I'm, I'm going to Missouri and preach to the bones. I'm going to Memphis and preach to the bones. I'm going to Compton in Los Angeles and preach to the bones. I'm going to Pullen and preach to the bones. And, and, and Ezekiel said, as he's preached to the bone, there was a wrestling, a, a rustling, a, a movement that started happening down in the valley. And bones started connecting the bones. And muscle came on to the bone, but they had no breath. Then, then Ezekiel said, now, don't, 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 don't tell them just to join, join the movement. Don't, don't tell them just to join an organization. He said, God said, preach to the breath. Preach to the spirit. Just preach and say, God, spirit of the universe, whatever. Just breathe on these people and give them strength to believe. And he says, and then the slain bodies got up and they became alive. And then it says, and then the bones became an army. And God said, these bones are the ones that the that of the house of Israel these are the ones that the wolf has been messing with these are the ones that were depressed January 20 I mean excuse me uh, 2000 these are the ones that are hurting God says our bones were dried up our hope was gone God said but I'll dig up my people out of the graves and I'll make, I'll take them straight to the land of the promise. And I'll breathe life into thee. So what do you do when the wolves are howling? You preach louder than the wolf. My God, my God. Because these bones represent people that have been bruised and battered and beat down by the oppressive forces of this world. The people who believe the forces of injustice have won. The people whose spirit and lives have been taken out of them. I need an honest group of folk now. How many of you have had something knocked out of you this year? Come on, be honest with me. Be honest with you, come on. That, that, that you ain't all that hopeful right now. Come on, come on. You here, but, but, but you've seen the wolves do some things you never thought you see wolves do in your lifetime. God says, talk to those bones. Because bones might be dry and bones might be in the grave, but God says bones still have ears. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Bones still have ears, those dry bones. What are the dry bones? Those who are poor, who've been told poverty is their own fault. Go preach to those bones. 
the problem on children who have been discounted and criminalized because of their color, dry bones, the sick who have heard mean politicians declare that giving people's health care is communism and un-American, those are some dry bones, the workers that have been beaten down by the battering rams of anti-union forces and corporate greed, dry bones, the immigrants who've been called aliens and vilified in a land of immigrants for being immigrants, dry bones, the gay people who've been told in so many ways that they are to be hated and to be feared, dry bones, the, the, the African Americans who see mean and power drunk politicians working to take away their rights that have been won only through sacrifices and crucifixions and the blood of the martyr, dry bones, the dry bones are laying around today just like they were in Ezekiel's day and God says I need a movement that will dare to speak to the bones because if you speak to the bones, love and truth and justice, they will ignore the howling of the wolves and the bones will come together. The dry bones will get up. The dry bones will stand if we stand in the gap and spread the truth and preach nonviolence and preach love. The dry bones will get up and God will raise up an army out of the dry bones. The dry bones will come back to life. And I just want to know tonight, are there any bones here? Oh God, are there any bones here? that have been bruised and battered and bitten by the wolf. I need some bones to come down here. Are there any black bones? What a, what a black bone come down here? Are there any, what a white bone come down here? What a young bone come on down here? What, a, what, a, what an old bone come down here? What a brown bone come down here? What a yellow bone come down here? Will a straight bone come down here? Will a gay bone come down here? Come on, come on bone. Come Come on up here, come on. Will a poor bone come on down here? Will a wealthy bone that understands your wealth is your ministry, not your grief? Come on, come on. Will a handicapped bone come on down here? Will somebody that needs health care, that's a bone, come on down here. Will a Republican bone come on down here? Will a Democrat bone come on down here? Will an independent bone come on down here? Now grab a bone by the bone. I feel a shaking. I feel a movement. I feel like God is connecting the bones. My granddaddy said ankle bone to the leg bone. Leg bone to the knee bone, knee bone to the thigh bone, thigh bone to the hip bone, hip bone to the chest bone, chest bone to the shoulder bone. Is there an army rising? We are the hope that we've been looking for. God is in the valley speaking to the bones. If you hear God and you're a bone, Stand up, join together, hold each other up. God will empower us by God's spirit. And when we get together, we will be a mighty army that will not only save the nation, but even save some of the wolves. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. There is an army rising. Rising, rising, rising. 
from the valley of despair. That's the only hope when the wolves are howling. We must speak louder than the wolves and call those who've been victimized by the wolves to no longer be victims, but to stand up and trust that if we just stand up, God will do miraculous things. So in this movement, Brother David, we can just get 25,000 bones. This had never been done in history before. Never have 25,000 black bones and red bones and yellow bones and, and brown bones and gay bones and straight bones and Jewish bones and Christian bones and Muslim bones and young bones and old bones. Never have 25,000 people came together, come together for simultaneous civil disobedience, direct action, public education, voter registration in 25 state capitals and in the offices of the Congress. Not the, not the side offices, the capital itself. It's never happened before. But when it does, God took the dry bones and saved Israel. Amen. God is going to take us and use us not to save a political party, but to literally save the heart and soul of this nation and this world. Keep your ears open. I know the wolves are howling, but listen a little closer. God is prophesying and saying it's time now to get up out of your year of, year of despair. It's time now for you to stop, keep asking that question. I don't know how this happened. It's happened now. You've <laughs> been 365 days. That's long enough. It's time now to get up, to hook up, to stand up so that you and I can be in this season the army. And this army will not have a 60-day enlistment. I, I, I'm trying to let this go. So I read this text, and I can't find anywhere, David, after they got up, and after they got muscle on them, and after the bones were connected, there is no reference in the Bible that the people that got up ever got to retire. That's right. <laughs> this is a lifelong existence and enlistment. And the truth is, if God calls you to stand up in this time against the wolves and to stand in the gaps and you hear that call, you ought to take it as an assignment for the rest of your life. I'm going to be on the side of love and justice and right and I'm never The only way out is death. And then I'm going to holler from the corridors of heaven. Y'all keep fighting! Everybody join a hand. If you know that song. There's an army 
rising. Break every chain. Bones hooking up with bones all across the aisle. Come on. All in the Bible. Everybody touching somebody. This ain't a Christian service or a Jewish service or Muslim service. This is a service of the spirit. I never found, I never read in the text where those bones had any particular denomination. They were in the, they were in the dry denomination. and They were just dry. And they needed help. And they needed not just God to help them, but they needed to enlist in the fight. And, 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 and a dry and in a grave is no place for bones that still have life potential. We still have life potential. Huh? Turn your neighbor and say, I'm a bone, but I'm here. And I've heard, tell them saying, I've heard, I've heard something calling my name, calling my name. saying, get up, get up, hook up, hook up and, fight back. and fight back. I've heard, I've heard something calling my, call my name, saying, get up, get up hook, up, hook up, and fight back. Fight back. Amen. Amen. Cheryl, would you just a little bit? The musician is their finder. Mm -hmm. There's an army rising up. There's an army rising up. Break every chain. Would you just hum it? Gracious Spirit of the universe, we call you by many names. But the same Spirit that led Dorothy Day and Ella Baker and Harriet Tubman and William Lord Garrison and Bayard Rustin and Rabbi Heschel and Malcolm and Martin and Mega and Rosa and Viola Wusa, we thank you tonight for coming into America's valley. Speaking to us in so many ways. Calling us up from our dry and, and laid down position. Reminding us that we might be here as a bone broken because of racism or because of homophobia or because of xenophobia or because of immigrant hatred 
because of our disabilities or whatever, but you still see power in us. And you know that if we hook together, we can form a mighty body. As individual bones, we're not much, but together we form an army of hope, an army of justice, an army of renewal that is so needed in this moment. We have decided, God, that we do not want you to have to say what you said in Ezekiel's day. I looked for someone to stand in the gap and I could not find anyone. Here we are, Lord, in all of our weakness and our frailties, but trusting in your power and your strength. Here we are willing to stand in the gap. Here we are willing to be used and sent by you into the valleys where people have almost given up on life itself. And to say to them one more time, it's time to stand up. It's time to hook up. And it's time to fight back. And we fight not with the weapons of this world because we don't need them. We don't need the destruction and the violence. We've, we are willing to fight with love and truth and nonviolence because we believe that our witness in the spirit is going to be so powerful it's going to make some of the wolves repent. It's going to bring some of the wolves back to their own humanity. God, we declare and prophesy that before the end of this movement, some of those who were bit by the wolves or who, who had engaged in wolf-like behavior will be sitting beside us going to jail with us and will be repenting of what they have done because there's an army rising that can break every chain and break every possession. God, we pray even for our enemy tonight. So, so many of them are not really enemies. They are so confused, confused. Anyone that would hurt their own future is confused. They're damaged. Something has infected them. Something has diseased their souls. And so we have to stand now for the soul of the nation and in hopes that even some of the wolves will change. Yeah. We're going to feed the right wolf. Yeah. We're going to work to see the day when the wolf can lay down with the lamb. Mm. When the lion can lay down with the calf. Mm. When the leopard can lay down with the goat. Mm. And the wolf becomes a protector and not a destroyer. Mm. So, so loving and so kind of a wolf that even a child mm. will be able to lead him. Mm. That's what we're going to do. And we enlist tonight. Not until the next election. Not until the mid-year is over. Not until a Democrat gets elected. But we enlist tonight until the day comes that you call us from this place to the realm of the spirit. Until then, there's an army rise. This episode of The Gathering was produced from a live program by Repairs of the Breach, a nonpartisan organization that trains, organizes, 
and partners with activists across the United States to uplift our deepest moral and constitutional values and redeem the heart and soul of our democracy. Today, repairers of the breach is working in partnership with the Cairo Center, the Popular Education Project, and hundreds of local and national partners to lead the Poor People's Campaign, a national call for more revival. We're uniting tens of thousands of people across the United States to challenge the evils of systemic racism, poverty, the war economy, ecological devastation, and the nation's distorted morality. Learn more about the campaign at poorpeoplescampaign.org and connect with and donate to Repairers of the Breach online at breachrepairers.org. Stay tuned for the next episode of The Gathering by subscribing on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher.